or fifth favorite podcast this episode features a lovely chat with a dj and electronic music artist that goes by many names mapache laser disco is the one in the title people have also referred to him as on young is fine keicho kevin sup yeah it's my boy kevin cho a dear friend of mine who i spent a lot of time working on musical projects with during our time together at UCSB. He's even contributed to a number of Redefining Records projects, so I couldn't be happier that I got to sit down, catch up, and have a nice long chat with him about music. We talk about Kevin's musical journey, our first concert-going experiences, and our favorite concert-going experiences. We talk about the IV music scene, and DIY shows, Korean music, we talk about We The Beat, and so much more, so stay tuned for the interview. This episode is going to be slightly unique because Kevin actually preferred to showcase some music by other artists rather than original music, so these are some of his favorite up-and-coming artists, and these are some tracks that he's been spinning lately on his live stream DJ sets. Which, by the way, you can find by following Kevin at Kevin Supya on Instagram to stay up to date with all the information on dates and times for those sessions. So let's get to it. Before the interview, you're going to hear a track called We We by Jibanoff featuring Sogum. And after the interview, you'll hear a song called Wondering by Becky and the Birds. These are both really cool tracks. I recommend you go check out these artists and give them a follow on Spotify and Instagram as well. As always, thank you for listening. Please remember to follow this show, Sound for Thought, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If we 우리가 조금만 서로 선을 그었다면 좋을까 
from chit chat to non chit chat or yeah whatever. sure <laughs> and I, I like i will edit everything at the end so no worries yeah just gonna just gonna start rolling capture totally. the uh, capture the energy yeah yeah so 100%. what have you been up to uh like today or just in general in general uh dude i mean i'm sure my life has been pretty uneventful compare compared to you know a lot of people uh just like with with lockdown and 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 covid kind of hitting like the places that i usually go to the most i've been spending most of my time just kind of kicking back at home um so i've i've had enough of <laughs> of my uh of my room <laughs> oh yeah i feel that yeah what about yourself uh same for the most part i mean nothing's nothing's too bad 
Um, I haven't been really directly impacted in any way. Nobody I know has really been impacted severely or outside of just, you know, what we all have to deal with, with the inconvenience. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, just staying home for the most part, working on various things. I mean, lots of free time for hobbies and interesting projects, but obviously I miss people. I miss hanging out with friends. Um, but it seems like things are slowly moving back towards opening up a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I, I've been talking to a lot of, of people in the kind of Huntington, Orange County area through work. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of signs that it's, it's starting to reopen over there. Yeah. I guess LA is a little bit tighter still, right though. Yeah. It's really strict. Um, I'm, I'm in Santa Barbara right now. So, Oh, you are. Okay. I was thinking yeah. more in LA, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in, I'm in SB currently, so I'm not, if anything, they've been really, they've been starting to open up here as well. Um, but I do know that LA is, I mean, they just, I just feel like they just don't want it to, to be like New York, right? It's like a large city with like a yeah. high popula- population density. So I think they're just trying to be, you know, pretty cautious of, of all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's unavoidable to talk about COVID. But I, I do like to kind of, I mean, we all know the bad shit. I do like to kind of ask people what they think the silver linings are, at least in your personal life, you know, if it's given you more time to work on, you know, your passion projects and stuff, or like, what what do you think are some positives that can come out of this whole thing for you or for anybody? Yeah, um, I think, I, I mean, personally, um, I've just had a lot more time to, um, you know, kind of catch up. Well, a little background is that I, I moved to Santa Barbara at the very beginning of January, and yeah. um, I've just been kind of working nonstop. And when I'm not working, I, you know, wanted to to kind of explore the city and you know go out to bars and, and restaurants and meet up with friends and or whatever, right? Um, but like having the ability to kind of sit back and just think to myself, um, like help me kind of re-explore like reading and um, like audio books and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it's just giving me the ability to kind of reflect a lot more. Um, of course, like there's also uh, like me being able to kind of appreciate my time with my family a lot more and just kind of seeing um you know, just people getting closer is, is always a really good thing. Obviously yeah. like the situation isn't good, but I think having the kind of circumstances that we do, um, it's, it's led to me, you know, getting a lot closer to my housemate who's already a good friend of mine and, um, you know, talking to my parents more often than I normally did, which is also pretty good. Um, and just kind of appreciating things more on, on a slower kind of role that makes any sense yeah makes a lot of sense i think i agree with pretty much everything you said um so you're working at procore now yeah yeah um, i've started working in january i actually funny enough like yesterday um the reason why i got back to you like kind of late about this podcast i think i called or texted you at like 6 30 
Um, I was like in a meeting with like my manager and basically they're, they're moving me up. They, they promoted me to a higher role. Oh, hell um, yeah, dude. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. It's been like a really good two days. Um, I, you know, thank you. And I, I just had, you know, a really good end to the day yesterday, hit my numbers, um, was really excited to, to, to talk to you and talk, talk shop. So I like, oh, yeah. honestly, I didn't really get much sleep last night. Cause it was just kind of whenever I'm looking forward to something, I just, I, I rarely like sleep that, that long or whatever. So that's just been my, my 24 hours more or less. Okay. So you're going to be delirious during this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I might be like hallucinating and <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all for the better. Maybe you'll say some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely possible that, that that's going to happen. Are you still involved with Weed the Beat at all? Uh, like involved in terms of working with them. Like, do I plan the shows with them and stuff? Like, no, not really, not anymore. Um, but involved in the sense that, like, Kirk and Blake, the the, the founders of Weed the Beat, are still really good friends of mine. Yes, like, they're some of my closest friends. Um, you know, it's sad to see any like business kind of um taking a a major hit because of of the restrictions in place Mm -hmm. and you know we the beat had a lot of stuff lined up for this year like we were gonna have snail mail and um i believe they were gonna have jack harlow like in las vegas Mm. it it was looking good They, they had a lot of stuff lined up and and none of those shows are are gonna happen this year um so yeah, it, it was it was hard to see that's the case. Um, the, the venue Soho is also going through a pretty hard time right now. So, um, yeah, it's tough to see. But um, to answer like your original question, like, yes, I'm still like very close to them and, and want to help them in whatever way possible. Yeah, hopefully they'll be able to make some sort of comeback. Do you know what they've been doing in the meantime? Have have the guys just been kind of working on other stuff or have they been doing anything online or with streaming or something like that or yeah so i know they did like a couple of live streams um like on a weekly basis um but i mean in terms of like we the beat there's not much you can do i'd say right like it it kind of revolved around having live concerts and in venues so um, no, in that regards, but like I know that they're kind of working on their different side projects that don't exactly have to do with music. Um, so they're still they're still active. They're just for obvious reasons they can't keep working on We the Beat. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll all work out and they'll come back strong. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like the first show that they do is like some like big artist and the restrictions are finally open it's going to be packed in there yeah hopefully yeah yeah i have no idea how this whole thing's gonna move forward but i hope i hope it's yeah strong like that some sort of big you know moving on party yeah i I think it will be um just from the signs of like santa barbara like reopened state street last weekend right and just like the first sign of something reopening, it was like a complete zoo out there. Um, yeah. There's so many people out there and I feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm sure as like everyone else is. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to make sure with every guest that go back and, and learn a little bit about your history and kind of how you grew up with music. So I'm interested to kind of hear a little story time about how you got into music, like as a young person or as a kid, whenever you started kind of really feeling passionate about it, or even when you started learning to play it in some capacity and like how your family was involved, whether your parents were musical, all those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, a. I think that's a great question. I've actually never been asked that before and I rarely talk about it cause it just never gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my parents were not musical. Um, they, like my mom sang in the choir or something. And, uh, my, my dad always liked music, but he wasn't like, you know, too into it or, or whatever. Um, there, there's like my first kind of memory of, of really getting into music was through my mom had this like CD of, He's, he's this really famous Korean artist. Um, and obviously, like, during her kind of, you know, late, like, early adult years, um, she he was really famous then, too. Uh, and, she, like, she would play him on CD, like, this huge CD player that we had. And that's, like, kind of the first memory I have of just, you know, really liking music and wanting to learn, like, how like rhythm kind of operates with, with within a song and and how a, a beat can can be utilized to to invoke like certain uh, you know ways that the, the song um, is going and whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely the first time. Um, Do you have the um, name of that artist? Yeah, uh, his his name is so it's it's spelled this way so it's like if you just pronounce it off the pronunciation it's like kim gun like so kim which is like a pretty common last name and then gun like the like i'm shooting a gun and then mo uh, mo and but like it's pronounced like kim gunmo right so like he's yeah he's he's like really he's still like he's kind of like a legend right um but he was like really popular like when when I was like four and my mom was like a lot younger, um, but he he kind of well first of all he's like he's in has like a very unique voice he's really good at singing, um, but he was like one of the first people to kind of accentuate like pop and like hip hop elements and stuff into his songs which is uh, really cool I think he like. I'm, I might be wrong on this, but he was definitely like one of the pioneers and kind of popularizing all of that. Yeah. Um, so he had a lot of really good songs. I still listen to some of his songs like today, actually. It's uh, they, they hold up. It's it, Some of them were like way ahead of, of like its time, I, I'd say. Yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely intrigued. I want to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. I can I can send you like a song that I've, yes. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, Please. I've, uh, I send a song to like everybody who like wants to kind of hear like oldies and it's like actually really good. Like it's, it's pretty swanky. Sick. Yeah. So from, from there that kind of got you interested or at least it's kind of your earliest memory. 
at what point did you go like I, I need to make music or I need to make this part of my life in a in a big way yeah so like i i don't know when i i i've always like you know since i was like a lot younger um i've always wanted to play the drums i think i like asked my dad like hundreds of times if i could buy a drum set <laughs> um and i think he i think he kind of like finagled me into not getting one because like when i was a lot younger and this is like probably one of my biggest regrets ever is like he, he he said that he'd you know i can purchase like i think i was like 12 or something he said i can choose between like a ps3 or like a drum set right and i think the reason yeah. why he did that was because he didn't want something super loud i think he assumed that i just choose the console and he was yeah. right i like I, I i like chose like the the ps3 over it and I like short, like regretted it super hard afterwards. But luckily, there was like this music school um, really close to my house at the time, and um, the the music teacher was was nice enough for me to go in there like during off hours, like at six seven p.m. when there's no classes going on, and just start practicing on the drums. Um, so that's something that I'm like still looking forward to. Unfortunately, like during. I think I played for like three years or something, just self-teaching myself. And um, in high school, we moved to a completely different place, so um, yeah. couldn't couldn't afford or or couldn't you know there was regulations on noise and stuff um, to the places I moved. So uh, one of my goals right now is to actually like try to find my own place and buy a drum set and and just start it up again. But that's yeah. kind of how it went. Um, you know when when I was younger and uh, I've always just knew that like even in high school, like the first thing that I was going to do when I, when I turned 18 was, was go to a concert. Um, mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. I think like the first month that I turned 18, I went to um, a concert and that freaking fucking like blew my mind. Right. Like it, I, I was just like incredibly like amazed, like couldn't believe like what I was seeing um and, and hearing and um as i was kind of going into college my like my senior year of high school i i just knew that i had to like somehow try to be as involved in the music scene as possible who was that uh who was that first concert you saw oh dude so here's the here's the crazy thing is that i was uh my my senior year uh this is like obviously Nobody, I don't, I don't recommend anybody to do this. And this is like not something that anybody <laughs> should do. This but is going to be good. Yeah. I, I, I frequently, you know, may have not gone to some of my classes my senior year. Oh, and, you, you horrible, horrible <laughs> boy. Yeah. I, um, I think there was like an entire like month where, uh, like some of my closest friends, like even to this day, they were like a year or two older than me and, and they were studying at UC Berkeley. Yeah. Um, and I think I went like an entire month of like one of my senior years of just like in Berkeley, like I was there living with them and, and kind of having fun and whatnot. Um, and one of the things that I like slowly realized is that, you know, I'm, I'm 18 in Berkeley and I, I could, I have the ability to, you know, purchase a ticket, like, 
I can kind of go to these things. And I remember like one of my friends came up to me and uh, he just said, dude, there's this concert going on and like it's it's happening in like two days. I can get you a ticket. And I, I didn't even know who it was. I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And it ended up being the most in like I I it was it was four artists. Right. And uh-huh. um, like I remember the first three artists like I was like, wow, that was really good. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, those were the memories that I had. It was like really crazy. I like recently went back to see if I could find what that lineup was because I didn't remember who, who they were. So so basically the headliners were Disclosure. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and they, it was like their first tour ever, right? Like they, they like, or like first like major headline tour. Like they, yeah. they had like one popular song out and it like barely just came out. It was like Latch with like Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, and like everybody knew them for that one song and like nothing else pretty much, right? Um, and so I was like, yeah, I don't really know these guys, but like, yeah, this Latch song has like 100,000 plays. Like, sure, I'll like go listen to it. Like it's, it sounds pretty cool. Um, I think like Sam Smith came out, no, not, not, I think like Sam Smith did come out and, you know, everyone's like, oh shoot, like that's the latch guy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like nobody, nobody knew like who he was. Um, and obviously Sam Smith is huge now. Went back and saw the lineup. Yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy how things kind of turn out that way. Um, went back and I, I saw the lineup and the openers were, Kate Trinata. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Claude Von Stroke and Justin Martin. Like they were doing a back to back set and then it was disclosure. And wow. I didn't know who any of those people were at the time. And it, it just like blew my mind when I, when I kind of looked for it again, I, I found a flyer luckily like about a year ago. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Really, really crazy show. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of ingrained into my memory now. Yeah, that's cool. I remember my my first concert was was like uh, one of those big day festivals, like one day festival, mini festival at um, it was called L.A. Rising. I don't know if you heard of it. No, it I don't think at, I have. Is that is, is that like no longer? Like I don't think anymore? it. I don't think they did it again. It was in. It was. I guess it must have been twenty eleven or something. Um, I think I was a freshman in high school. And I went with like a friend and his uncle. Oh no! Nice. Had had to be chaperoned, of course. And it was yeah, it was yeah. At, <laughs> it was at the Coliseum in L.A. And the lineup was like Rise Against and Rage Against Machine was the headliner. Wow! Yeah, and uh, and Muse Muse was the wait. Holy and, crap! That's an insane yeah. lineup. Yeah, it was like huge. It was like a massive event and it was kind of awesome. And I didn't really, it's funny because I didn't know who Muse was. <laughs> oh, you didn't know who Muse was at the time? Yeah. They were pretty big, obviously, to be playing this big of a show. Everyone else right. knew who they were. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, this, after that, I was like obsessed with Muse for like a solid two years. Yeah, dude. Wow, that's crazy. I, like Muse, like, do they even go on tour anymore? Like, I don't think I've seen them on like any lineup or, or anything like that. I don't think for a while. while. Um, I mean, they've definitely still been putting out music. They put out an album not too long ago. It was like, 
I forgot the name of it. It's like Simulation Theory or something like that. I think huh. they're still they're still pumping out albums, but I don't know how often they tour. Yeah, I mean, I, I think their touring is like kind of a big deal. Like they only do massive stadium headlines right, right, yeah. now, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not really sure exactly exactly what they're doing. But anyway, it was just funny because I just. Ex- experience the 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 thing of like not knowing somebody huge and then just just like, like retroactively like, discovering them exactly retroactively discovering just like a massively talented band yeah that's awesome yeah i, I uh i i feel like i i might have had i mean i think i think like just like even in you know some of my other um earlier shows like that's happened so that's that's really sick to hear because that's kind of the best right like you don't really know them but you've heard like you know such and such about them and uh you kind of like explore them like on your own quote-unquote right like you're you're evaluating them like for yourself rather than kind of hearing about them and and kind of formulating your opinion around that so i think that's awesome yeah i think that's kind of a fun topic is the you know, is it better? Is it better to come into a show, you know, where you're seeing like your favorite band and you can sing along to all the songs and you know and love them, or is it better to come in with like a blank slate and just have the potential to discover something that'll blow your mind? Of course, that could also mean you know they could disappoint you, but I just think yeah. that's interesting. I don't know. What do you prefer? Do you prefer to discover through live music, or do you? prefer to discover you know on your own first and then see them i don't i don't think i have a preference in like how i want to go about it but like if i had to choose like what experience i i liked better um i i definitely say like you know seeing a band that i've never I, i i didn't like know too much about but just like coming out of it like wowed and just like you know, falling in love with their music or, or not even just a band, like any artist really. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that's more like meaningful and it's more impactful than going to an artist's show that I've, you know, liked for a long time. Like, I, although like it, that's a freaking awesome experience as well. Um, I just think that I, I just like being shocked, I think, like in a good way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't like choose like how to do it. So I don't like if there's a show um, like coming up or something, um, I, I won't like purposely not listen to any of their music. Like if, if on the off chance that I just like don't have the time to, but obviously like for, fortunately I've been very, very, very fortunate to, to have the opportunity to, to go to a lot of shows in the last couple of years. So like there's been times where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know anything about this person, and I kind of forget about them and don't listen to any of the music, and I go and um, just coming out of it like, holy crap, like these guys are awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think I prefer that. Um, but then again, they're they're pretty equal, right? Like it, nothing really beats like, I mean, you're at that that LCD show, and you're much more like you're a more hardcore LCD fan than I am, like by by like a short, like a huge mile. So like, I, I'm sure like that was like a huge experience for you. Cause it was like a really, I was freaking amazed. That was the first time I've ever seen them. So yeah, 
that's a uh, borderline religious experience for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I can't even imagine like how it was for you. Um, I, I, I knew obviously of like a good, you know, portion of their hits, but I wasn't like too kind of entrenched into their like lore and, um, you know, their, their background and, and stuff. Um, yeah. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what, is there something like, do you kind of prefer like one or the other? Like what's, what's your thoughts on? I mean, I think you kind of put it well, I think it could go, it can go nicely both ways. And I guess, I guess they're not, it's fun to kind of debate, but I guess they're just different experiences. And, um, I've had, I've had both and they, I've had really epic and, mind-blowing experiences both ways you know right i think muse hearing muse for the first time was like the most mind-blowing for somebody i i mean that was also you know because i was young and i really just hadn't been exposed to much music at all yet was still like trying to discover anything that was like not my dad's music or you know (laughs) yeah um so uh, you know, I think that is like really cool. But then, like you said, me seeing like LCD, which is you know my favorite band ever, is like can't can't really beat that. So both ways are good. Yeah, just kind of different. Yeah, yeah. I I I did want to ask you a question on something that you you just said. So like, I I, I didn't really grow up like being involved with like there wasn't too much music in my house, right? Um, and I think that's a, a bit of a difference with some of, you know, our, our friends that I've talked to, it seems like, um, you know, their parents always did like some sort of music and it was always kind of around like for you. Cause I, I, I feel, and, and I, I guess I could be wrong about this, but I feel like my, my kind of early memories of music was things that I like, I like, you know, besides the, the story I told you, it's all been like my discovery of artists that I really liked and whatnot. But when, when, you know, there's a lot of, you know, your dad's and mom's music around you, like, is that something that like you kind of came back to around liking, or did you just initially try to like reject it and kind of go your own way about like what, what genres you liked or was there like a balance in between that? Yeah. For me, my my parents have always kind of, casually played music but never really put any importance on it you know so I mean they played stuff in the car CDs in the car um and they weren't they're not musicians themselves right it was never it was never made to be important in our house but I guess my like early memories of when I first started to get into it more seriously was when I got my first iPod you know, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was like sometime in like middle school, and that's when I'm like, okay, I figured out what an iPod is. I now I have iTunes in front of me. What songs do I go buy? Right, I, right. you know, and this is the beginning of the discovery process of like what I don't. I have no idea to where to be where to begin. I mean, right. so first thing that happens is just my dad gives me like a couple bands of CDs he has, uh-huh. um, which were in hindsight not great. <laughs> What, what, uh, what were they? <laughs> it was like, uh, I mean, well, they have their value. I shouldn't, I won't talk shit on them, but it's, I think there were bands like, uh, like Creed and 
you know, Nickelback and oh, got it. <laughs> three three doors down and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of just like this that kind of I don't even know how, what the genre is, just like bro rock kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of kind of putting it. That kind of whole era of exactly, rock. yeah. So I and I listened to it for a while as just kind of a jumping off point, and it did get me excited about just guitar music in general, I guess. Um, but it, I definitely moved away from it quickly. And, and my dad is also a really big country fan and I absolutely despise most country music. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was a quick kind of, it was kind of just a jumping off point for me. Um, just because you kind of have to be exposed to what your parents do. Right. Um, but I'm kind of more similar to you in that I ended up doing most of my discovery on my own, kind of finding my own uh, path once I once I had the channel set up once I knew what iTunes was and then once I discovered LimeWire and I could download anything I wanted for free that changed everything yeah um, so I yeah my parents weren't too musical they exposed me to some things casually but I I definitely moved away quickly from from what they listened to although I do like my mom's music she kind of is into like 80s rock she loves you know like Queen and stuff like that oh cool yeah yeah um, so I definitely relate to her more she had a record collection that she kind of gave to me and there's some good albums in there yeah I, I mean 80s rock is I feel like it's kind of timeless right like it just keeps coming back um, absolutely like over and over again so that's awesome well at I wanted to ask, we were talking about kind of live shows. I wanted to ask if any, I mean, you've been to a lot of shows, I know. Do, do any of them stand out as a favorite or maybe, you know, top top two or three? Uh, wow. Of all the shows that I've seen. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say like in no particular order. Um, seeing Radiohead was really, really big. Um Especially since, like, obviously I knew who they were. Like, I've heard their biggest songs or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, to be completely transparent, like, I, you know, want to go see them just to see them. But this was at Coachella. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I have to see them, right? I don't know. Like, they're huge. And I think, like, what I got out of it was, like, way more than what I expected from a late like main stage show like a headlining show um i was blown away i i i thought that like i became like a huge radiohead fan after that mm-hmm. um maybe not as big as like some other people out there um that's for sure because you know they have a huge discography like it's, yeah like it's humongous and it's, some of it is like kind of hard to get through to be completely honest but i agree yeah, yeah um you know a huge fan in the sense that like I got like a, you know, huge like emotional attachment to, you know, what I saw and what I heard. So definitely Radiohead. Um, that's also like what sprouted me to like want to listen to like Tom York's like, um, like solo projects and stuff, which are all really excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Radiohead is definitely one. Um, let me see. I mean, I got, I have to say like, Seeing Toro and Ma like in in Soho was a really big one for me too. Um, I I was a I've I've always been a really 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 big fan of his music, um, and 
you know, he's one of the artists that I feel like I kind of grew and evolved with. Like if you listen to his first album, it's, it's very like psychedelic rock sort of hippie vibes. Right. And then it, it evolves like much more like over the years into like electronica. Um, and so, you know, with the start of his career, I think I was like in like early high school or something. And like, you know, he's one of the few artists that I felt like, you know, as I was growing as a person, so was he and his music. Right. And I, I never, ever got to see him live um, before we, the beat had him. And it, it was just like an, and like an accumulation of a lot of things, right? Like it was we the beats like three year anniversary or excuse me, five year anniversary. And, um, you know, I've been working with them for like two years or three years at this rate. Um, three years, I think. And, you know, I've gotten really close to them and Toro Ma was like a pretty big act considering, you know, the volume that Soho could, could handle. Yeah. So, and I, and I was a big fan and, and I knew about it for like six or seven months until it like actually, you know, happened. So that was a really big one for me. I also got like mistaken as Toro Ma. Like <laughs> I was like, I think I told you this story. I was like taking pictures backstage and um, I came out and some girl was like, like that's Toro. Like she was like screaming. She was like really drunk and everybody yeah. turned around. I was like wearing like a similar outfit to him. And some guy was like, that's definitely not him. Dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's two, um, three. I, I gotta say, dude, like I could probably name like a whole bunch of people like as a third, I, I'm, I'm just not too sure like where, where it would land. I, you know, seeing Kanye was really cool. Um, that was a pretty big moment for me too. Mm-hmm. Seeing Kid Cudi was, was really, you know, after his like whole redemption arc, you know, within himself was, was seeing, seeing him after that was, was really great. And seeing him happy, you know, was like a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been a really big fan of like electronic music my entire life. So, um, probably seeing like, I mean, just in terms of like impact, like probably seeing like, like as, as funny as it sounds like, um, just seeing Skrillex at a really young age was like a huge thing for me too. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Especially since like that kind of made me like want to get into mixing in the first place and, and kind of discovering and and bending genres like he did. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think that's a really good way to cap that list off. Yeah, that's an excellent list, I would say. Yeah, what about what about yours, dude? Gosh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot I can think of that were great for different reasons. Um, I think I've seen LCD a few times. We mentioned one of them. We saw them together at the Santa Barbara Bowl. But yeah, the first the first time I saw LCD was when they uh, headlined Coachella in 2016. And that was pretty magical for me because I did not discover them until like 2011, like in high school, early high school. And that was right after they decided to quit. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So they kind of like after their second or their third album, This Is Happening, they did a whole final last show and they did a documentary and they were like, all right, that's it. We're done. (laughs) <laughs> and so wow. yeah I, I discovered them after that and so i i found all their music and fell in love and was like wow i will never see this band <laughs> yeah and then funny enough like they just keep making music and, and keep touring after that 
Yeah, Let's- exactly. There was like a, a couple years hiatus, and then they come back, and I'm like, I gotta be there. I mean, I already was planning on going to Coachella, but I was like, I have to be there, have to see them, and and it really was everything I could have hoped for. Yeah, so that's definitely high on my list. I'd say another big one for me was uh, kind of an artist that a lot of people probably wouldn't know. Uh, his name is Rain Wolf. And he's very mm. like uh, he's a little bit old school rock and roller kind of guy, but it's he's new. It's it's not like an old guy. He's he just plays an older style of like harder rock. And um, we saw him at the Troubadour with my high school. Oh, great band. venue! Yeah, yeah. It was with my high school bandmates, kind of at the end of high school. Yeah. So it was like very nostalgic in my mind because it's like the end of an era of right. like. <laughs> All my bandmates in high school, we had such a great time playing together. And, and right. Right, that artist, Rain Wolf, was, had an impact on us. And we saw a show, and he's just like, he's just a hell of a performer. Like, he plays yeah. guitar and he'll play, you know, a kick drum with his foot right. and, and sing at the same time. Yeah. And he's just jumping all over the place. He's climbing up the balcony at the troubadour and like hanging off the edge and just walking into the crowd. It was just like the epitome of like a rock and roller. Nice. Um, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. And rain wolf. That's rain that's, wolf. Yeah. It's, just, it's uh, that's just like a, that's a, it's just spelled normally like rain, rain and wolf. It's rain as in, uh, R I G. Oh, like, oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. So rain wolf, huh? Yeah. You know, and a lot of his recorded music is kind of a letdown and that's kind of been a, a joke with me and my, my old high school buddies. Cause uh, I think there was so much potential with him and some of his songs and hearing him live was like amazing and he was really talented, but then some of the stuff he's put out has been just a huge disappointment to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of just a whole funny trope for us. It's, it's, it's interesting. So huh, those, are, okay. those are definitely like high on my list. I've got so many other good ones. I mean, I saw young, the giant, uh, yeah, a couple wow. times Young the Giant especially was special seeing it with Katie for one of my birthdays she bought me tickets at the uh, for the Greek Theater which is one of my favorite venues. yeah really good venue um, so that one's high on the list too seeing Flume at the uh, Shrine with her like oh you the, saw Flume at the Shrine Who, yeah it was like right after Skin came out yeah 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 uh, what uh, who are the because uh, I know like each day had a different like yeah, opening yeah. ensemble like do you remember who who yours yes. was maybe we were there at the same time yeah it was it was vince staples oh vince staples okay so that's yeah. definitely not the same oh wait maybe i don't remember because he had like didn't he he does a a feature on one of the songs right yeah 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 wow that must have been insane yeah it was it was it was really awesome that one was sick um so I would say those are some of my favorites. I'm sure there's some other that I'm forgetting, but yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, no, that that's that's awesome. I uh, I think ours was like Cashmere Cat and and like I don't even I don't even remember, but yeah, that was, it was that like, was a great show. It was like four nights in a row or something, right? Yeah, it was like something crazy like that, and each night had like a different opening opening cast. Yeah. Um, that's cool you saw it too. Yeah, yeah. I uh I don't even dude, I, I think I snuck into that show. Um, really? Yeah, I think I I've snuck into the shrine twice now. Obviously, like I'm I have like enough money to start buying tickets. 
but like I was pretty broke when I was in college and yeah, uh, I snuck into like two different shows at the shrine. Um, yeah. And I think that was one of them. Cool. It's very badass. <laughs> Not really. Dude. I was like, so scared. I was, I think, I think literally like I, I was like, it wasn't even like really sneaky. I didn't like jump the fence or anything. I just had like a fake ticket yeah and, yeah, and yeah. like i just found like a barcode online that would scan like no matter what oh yeah so um what what's kind of funny about that is i was with like four friends and mine was the only one that scanned wow. so like <laughs> i i think like or this wasn't for flume but for the first show i i was watching that a, a, alone for like half the time and then like my friends who like couldn't get in like uh they bought like legit tickets or something and they like got in or something it was really weird that is funny yeah nice well it worked for you yeah <laughs> no idea how or why yeah nice do you have a favorite you've you've kind of played shows yourself quite a at least a number of times now i don't know how many shows you've played um do you have a favorite as a performer um I mean, I'd, I'd have to say it's everything that, like, we put on, like, together. Uh-huh. Um, like, anything that, like, I've, and, you know, a lot of credit goes to Aiden, because if, you know, I wasn't friends with him, if he didn't exist, like, setting all that up would be much, much more difficult, and I'm pretty sure we'd fail. Because yeah. um, he was just, like, you know, really, really interested in the kind of, like, the the, the inner workings of, like, how sound needs to work between wirings like um between like the the sound panel that he had and that was that was really beneficial and obviously like having you and eugene and a bunch of other people who um, were were willing to kind of invest their time and their money into doing something like that so that they could Mm -hmm. um you know just just have a good time with like anybody who wants to come i'd say those are probably like I mean the the uh, the show we played at the jailhouse was huge for us. Like, yeah, that took like by far the most amount of work I think like I've ever had to do, um, and like in one day. I mean, uh, it's yeah. just it was just so like for for anyone like who's listening who like doesn't know what the jailhouse is. It's a, it's like a abandoned torn down like cement house like in the middle of the beach um where our school is and to get there you have to walk like it has to be like over a mile right yeah it's like you have to walk like over a mile like in sand um to get to that area and the reason why a lot of people like during college like through shows there was that you know you can go as loud as you want and but like more than likely no one's going to show up to, 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 you know, to stop it. So, you know, being able to, like, I, I had a lot of help with that, but, um, you know, carrying all those, all that equipment down, um, cleaning up the place. Cause there was so much shattered glass everywhere. So that like, you know, no one got hurt, yeah. you know, setting up the tarp, um making sure we got there early it was like we got there early in the morning set up sound check people arrived we played for like three hours in total maybe three four three and a half and then 
after that like tore everything down and have to carry everything back and it was like physically like very very exhausting and yeah um i think just you know obviously the experience was really great but just having that memory of doing something like that is it's always going to be kind of like my 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 favorite kind of performance or show that we've ever done isn't it funny how like the things that are extremely hard end up being the things that really leave you with that satisfied and kind of nostalgic feeling it's yeah definitely i think (laughs) i was like carrying back like this humongous speaker like over a mile back and i remember this was like at like 11 like 11 30 12 a.m and i'm hungry like i haven't eaten anything yeah like the entire day like just another backstory on that is that like we we sent one of our friends to go get food for us and he came back and I'm not sure like what happened, but like there was too much moisture on the end of the bag and it ripped like on the, so like basically we had no food and like the limited food that we had was like fucked up. So I remember like carrying those speakers back at night and I was like, dude, I, I better be able to like cherish this memory or like, what the hell, like, (laughs) what the fuck am I doing? Like, I I remember like definitely having those thoughts. So I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think those kinds of memories are definitely more ingrained into things I cherish the most. Yeah. I guess it's just like a feeling of accomplishment really, because the, the, you overcame more of a challenge. You put more effort in like literally physical effort was expended at like a high rate. And, and regardless, I think regardless of how that show went musically, it was going to be a memorable experience. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I I think everyone was a little nervous that, you know, that they would mess up or something after all that work, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was, it, everything worked out. It was a, it was good from start to finish and, um, you know, just having the opportunity to do something like that to kind of close out our, our college years. Cause I think we talked about it for like forever. Um, we talked about doing that since like, two years before we actually did it and then to actually do it was like a whole other story so yeah well i like to make sure i ask everybody who was in the iv ucsb scene and i like for them to give something to listeners who who maybe don't know anything about iv i like to hear your description of iv as a community and as like a music scene iv as a community and as a music scene um <laughs> uh it's so hard to explain like what IV is exactly um, it's like it's like you know the definition of a college town in the sense that everybody who lives in IV well I mean not everybody but like 90% or more of the people who live there are are college students um it's kind of siloed into this like area of Santa Barbara that nothing else is around there except for like food places for college students and like the college campus itself. Um, there's like surrounding things like a little outside of IV. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's like families and stuff, but that's like, a, that's not really IV. Right. So um, I think it was like, it was just like a free for all. Um, I, my, my memory of IV is always going to, is always going to be like 
like I just think of it as like one long camp I did, like not like camping yeah. with like with like my friends or something, but like a like you know when you were younger you went to like Y camp or something. Yeah, like summer camp or something. Yeah, like summer camp. Yeah, exactly. Like it 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 felt like four years of like me being in like some adult like young adult camp. Like, yeah. Like it was weird. Like it felt like it was kind of like a boarding school. Um, like summer camp or, or something because um, like you know everywhere you walked like something was going on no matter what the day is um, so it was, it, it was extremely vibrant um, it was extremely chaotic um, but you know the, the people there are, are some of the best people that I've ever met and I think the music scene is definitely like a reflection of that it's just you know, in, in that sort of chaos, like that is IV, like you have all these different sectors and groups of people that, um, you know, like different kinds of music and, and want to play different kinds of music, appreciate, um, you know, a lot of things. There was a lot of live bands in IV because we had the opportunity to, to, to kind of play really loud songs and, and, and stuff. It was part of the culture. So um, music was definitely a part of I love this to like wherever you go. Um, I mean, whether you're like you're walking down the street and you hear like 50 cents, like best hits, like play it on like max volume or something on like a Thursday night or (laughs) walking down one more block and hearing like a local band play. It it was definitely like entrenched into, uh, you know, students' lives. Absolutely. I think that is a beautiful description. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely miss it. I don't I don't miss a lot of it, like in terms of like having to live with a lot of like a lot of people in one room. Like I like having my own room now and stuff, but absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely miss having the the kind of freedom and and uh, you know being really close to my friends and 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 stuff, being yeah. able to walk there. Oh yeah, I miss walking everywhere. Yeah. Well, we both know I had the worst roommate ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've I've heard a lot about this guy. I've I've heard uh, he's he's a very unsavory character. Yeah, he's just despicable on every level. Yeah, I've uh, I think I've had a couple of run-ins with him, like Judd 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 Zing Judd Zingle or I don't, I don't know something like I don't, that. I some some ridiculous like something that. something I, like that. Yeah, I tried to never learn his name personally. <laughs> anyway i want to make sure we get to the main question because i have to ask this question sure this whole podcast is kind of me trying to explore the different answers to this because it's it's open-ended for sure but as a musician and as somebody who loves music as a fan and somebody who loves to discover music and go to live shows what do you think is the point of making music and also specifically why do you make music what's the point of making music um well i don't know that's that's a tough question to answer because i feel like it's kind of like primal in a sense that Mm -hmm. you don't really know like what the point is or other than the fact that it's making you happy right um like obviously there's it, the the kind of complexities behind that like 
it like gets much more adv advanced like like further down the line but i think that's kind of like the root of it all is just you know you you have this urge and this itch to to be able to create something of your own and i don't think it's you know necessarily only in music i think it, it comes in like a lot of different forms it's just music it tends to be one of them um and you know you start to 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 go on this journey of like creating something that's that's yours and having the opportunity to listen to something that or, or looking at your final product and just being proud of it um i think it's just you know being happy and and wanting to find something that makes you happy um sorry i forgot your your the second part of your question the second part was just to relate it to you personally yeah i mean i think i think that's the best way of explaining to to anyone who would ask me that like how what the point of point of that is for me yeah. um i've you know never really been the type of person to i think you know you would probably know this as much as like any anybody else is that like i, I don't really advertise the fact that like i you know i'm doing something um or I created something or, or, and, and, and that could be like a total fault on my end. Like I might not be doing things the right way, but I've just, I'm, I just kind of like doing it for myself. And, yeah. um, you know, over time I've found people that have like appreciated or said that they've, you know, want to be involved in like, whether it's listening or like playing with me. Um, and so like when, when the time does a, like when, when the time comes, like it's like more than ever, it's like just having everybody that I, I've had those experiences with being involved with it and, and kind of communally, is that a word? Communally, communally. Yeah, you got it. Com yeah. Communally just being like really happy together. And, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I just, I just think that finding like joy within something is definitely, the, the biggest reason why I, I, I pursue, um, you know, being able to, to play music. Absolutely. Great answers. <laughs> Thanks. Steve. There's so many different ways of looking at it and aspects. And I especially was picking up on, you know, how you said you don't really like to promote yourself too much. I think a lot of musicians do, do feel that way in that, you know, it's a totally different thing to make something and then to like share it with people. Sometimes it could be just for yourself. Sometimes you want it to be for other people, but the act of like promoting it is not as fun for most people. And there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different angles to it. And sometimes if you get too caught up in the promotion or something, it makes the act of making the music less enjoyable. And so, you know, it's totally like a lot of people just like to make it for themselves. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with like, me being you know maybe overly conscious of you know people's thoughts and you know what people would think of like my own vanity and you know yep. there's there's a lot of those kinds of things that i i worry about um and I, I get kind of caught up and wrapped up in and 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 of course like i, I just don't want to push anything down anyone's throat that don't yeah. doesn't want to see or hear about like what's going on with with that portion of my life so um 
yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of solo in that way. Um, I but, think a lot of people would be with you on that. Yeah. But obviously we hear about those people less. Right, right. That's definitely true. Because of what it, you know, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, there's some like big time artists, you know, I feel like who kind of started out in that way and are, are still continuing to be that way. They're just not willing to continuously put themselves out there. They're like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to just like spend time on my own. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's, 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 it's like interesting, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't, th yeah, I don't know. That's just the best way of explaining it for myself anyways. Yeah. Which, um, which artists come to mind when you think of that? Well, I think Kendrick is like a really good example of that. Yeah. Um, I think he's like the prime example of like, here's this album. It's coming out. The album comes out. It's obviously really good. And then he performs on it, you know, because a lot of people like it. Um, you know, has like a strong reaction to it, but like he doesn't do like too much press about it or anything. Right. Like he just puts it out there. It's like his body of work that he's been working on somewhat silently. And, you know, he does the whole tour and then he's gone. Like, it's like, he doesn't like talk about like what other things he's going to be doing again. He doesn't like promote himself within the last four. Like, I think it's been four years since like his last album came out. Um, yeah. And there's been like no self-promotion on his end. Like he's not like on Instagram going like, Oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the studio right now and, and stuff like that. So, um, I think he's like a really good example. That's, that's just like the guy that comes off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of singular in that way. And I think, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I think that's kind of how he got his start, right? Like he kept putting out bodies of work and it got found by like TDE. And um, I think that's just how we kind of continue to, to do things since like he first started. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's kind of a fun offset to the, the deep question about the point of making music. I like to know, what do you like to do besides music? What are your non-musical hobbies? What are my non-musical hobbies? Um, I like to cook a lot. Um, it's been something that I've like had a fascination with, like since I was super young. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very, very similar to making music, um, and discovering music, it's, you know, you're discovering different profiles of food and, um, what pairs with what, um, and kind of taking two unique things and trying to match them up and, it, it does end up working together. So I'm not like a, like classically trained or anything. I just, I've always liked making, um, you know, food. I've always been like really, really like involved with like trying to figure out like, you know, the best, best chefs and stuff like in my area and like in, in, in the U S and just kind of keeping up with them through like books and their own kind of social media or whatnot. So, that yeah. that's definitely one of them. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I I definitely say that's a pretty big one. Um, you know, nowadays I'm, I I mean, I think when quarantine first started, I started I was like playing you know good amount of video games, like just like how everybody else was probably. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like start, started to kind of get away from that. Like I I've just been I don't know just kind of doing my own thing. It's it's not much. Like I just kind of like lounge around and uh kind of just think and stuff i don't know it's it's weird it sounds really stupid when i say it but no uh <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm kind of like just zoned out for, hey, there's nothing wrong with that yeah i mean it just like it sounds it sounds really silly when i like when i say it because it um obviously like i watch you know whatever good shows are out or, or whatnot but now nowadays like i've been really fascinated with I've never really gone fishing before and like, Ooh. yeah, I've never really gone fishing before. And, um, I've like, I think like fairly recently, like I'm, I've been considering getting into golfing. Oh. Um, like my dad gave me his clubs and stuff. So yeah. like, I think they're very similar in the sense that it's like kind of quieter, kind of serene activities. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm wanting to get into both of those things like pretty heavily, um, and I, I think just like in the, this kind of portion of my life, I'd I'd really prefer to to do stuff like that. That's kind of more laid back and you know, kind of mind zoning. If that makes yeah, sense. they're kind of meditative. Right. Yeah, you're just kind of in like a like a mood when you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. Well, we're coming up to the end. I wanted to see if you're still doing your streaming sets on Saturday nights. Is that still happening? Yeah. Um, so I haven't done it in a while. Um, and the reason why I haven't done it in a while is, uh, truthfully, I just started running out of songs to play. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I play for like, I try to play for at least two hours every Saturday. Um, but that's a lot of songs, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I don't, I typically 95% of the time I don't play the same songs week to week. So I'm, I'm, whoops, that's my alarm. Um, I'm typically going, uh, you know, I'm searching for new songs to play. I'm doing a lot of research on what might work and then, and then, you know, going, you know, like, 48 hours, 72 hours before the day to really hone in on like what, what's going to be able to be like the best two hour product available. Um, and it was really, really great for, I think I did it for four weeks in a row. Um, and I switched up like, you know, somewhere in between, but, um, I, I stopped after that just because like, a, I think that or maybe this is something that was just like in my own head, but I think that people might've needed a break from, you know, me kind of telling them that I'm going to be playing. Um, B, I started to run out of like songs that I wanted to play and see it, it just seemed less fun for me and more of like a chore in the sense that like, I was now like dedicating like my Saturdays, like, to do this thing every time. Yeah. And so all of those three things, like it, it made me kind of 
sit back and say like, okay, dude, I need to like, you know, hold off on doing this for a little bit, you know, regroup and regather in a couple of weeks and then like come back like the next month, like really strong. That way, like people have something to like look forward to instead of like having it so frequently or, you know, me like kind of getting like not stressed out exactly, but like me, you know, setting tasks for myself to go ahead and do that. Like, yeah, um, I think having it like semi-frequently or we'll see how it goes, but I think having it semi-frequently will, will, will be better. Um, I'm not planning to do it this Saturday, but I am planning it, planning to do it next Saturday at the, at the very beginning of June. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and send, you know, notices beforehand and, and whatnot. So, yeah, really, really excited to, to get back to doing that. I think it's been like an entire month since I stopped doing it. Yeah. For anybody listening who doesn't really know you, how would they be able to find it? Yeah, uh, it's on twitch.tv slash Saturday Tunes. Um, I don't know how that name wasn't taken before quarantine. Yeah, that's a sweet um, name. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I I either play, most of the time I play on Saturdays uh, around 8 p.m., 8.30 and I go for two, two and a half hours. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll switch it up and I'll play a lot of like cool down stuff on Sundays, like in the afternoon or in the evening. Um, just really chill, um, you know, stuff like Karang Ben and um, I don't even know, like a, a bunch of stuff, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Saturday Tunes. Uh, if anybody wants to, you know, see it or find a link to it or know like what the times are going to be. Sometimes it changes. Um, feel free to let me know. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Kevin Sapia, um, and, and kind of work with me from there. And I'd be happy to kind of keep you guys in the loop. Perfect. Alrighty. This is the end. Will you do me the honor of recommending another person that you would like to be a guest on this show or you think somebody who would be interesting to kind of hear their take on all the topics of music and why people make music. Yeah. Um, have you heard of this like James Murphy guy? Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm just waiting on a reply. I sent him an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be insane. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I could, you, you know, what would be really cool is I feel like you've definitely talked to me about, we the beat and my experiences within it, you know, mm-hmm. often and, and have been to, you know, some, some shows, I think it'd be cool. Like now that like, you know, there is a lot of downtime right now between Kirk and Blake, like I can 100% set up like an- another one of these like podcasts, like our meetings between the three of you guys and, you know, talk to, to them about really the, the inner mechanisms of, of like, you know, hiring artists, what that takes maybe some of their like inside stories and anecdotes of like what, what kind of shows that they've had. And so I think that'd be really cool. I think that sounds fucking sick. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll definitely ask them if you want me to set it up. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. We'll, uh, we'll coordinate after this. Yeah. Um, all right, dude, keep making cool shit. Keep doing your thing. We, uh, always end with a high five uh before i do that though i like to um just check and make sure if there's anything else you want to say you know is there anything you want to just shout out randomly or something you were thinking of that you didn't get to say 
Oh, uh, no. Uh, again, like my Instagram is Kevin Sapia, um, twitch.tv slash Saturday Tunes. Saturday is at 8, to 8 or 8.30, uh, sometimes Sunday. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, like, this was really fun. I think I said, the, said this at the beginning of the, the, the podcast. I was really, really looking forward to doing this. Um, it's been like a while since I've talked to somebody about music like in depth. So yeah. Um, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. Um, thank you again. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next podcast with, with you, Kirk and Blake. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. I have also enjoyed it. And, you know, it's, it's fun to just catch up with you too. We haven't chatted in a while. So yeah, that's right. It's been great. All right. Uh, high five. So I'm going to count down three, two, one, and then we're going to high five virtually. But like you, you say high five or are you like you actually? Um, it's up to you to decide. Okay. <laughs> three, two, one. High five. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought, okay. I thought that's what we were doing. No, that's, that's actually so much smarter. I, I didn't, no, like, I, I didn't realize like we could do that. Yeah. No, I, I usually explain to people that they should clap, but then you said that and I was like, no, nah, that's going to be funny. I, I want to <laughs> hear you say the word high five. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I thought it was like a quarantine type high five. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great.